0: The rain is where you want to be Cause Friday night's just white for flying this, this is what I need Get about as rowdy as a narrow plane we to gone above the roof tonight Cause Friday night's the night I like Friday night's on fire run, fire, run, fire Ooh Hello, everybody. My name is Ben Schluter. Welcome to another episode of the LSU Flying Tigers podcast. Um, Yeah. Wow. Can you believe it's Wednesday? It's an Ash Wednesday. Yesterday was Mardi Gras. Um, It's been a good Mardi Gras. Uh, Had a good time. Hope you had a good time, too, whether you're in New Orleans or, you know, you're all the way in the far-flung reaches of the coasts. Uh, If you're listening to this, hope you had a fantastic time. You know, for many people, it was just a Tuesday, but in Louisiana, it was Mardi Gras, and it was a good time. And, uh, yeah, now it's Wednesday. That's all over. But that's a thing, and uh, we don't even need to talk about that, because Friday, there was a meet. So, yeah, this is a really weird intro, but... I'm not going to change anything about it because, you know, weird intros. They're fun. So let's get into this as we talk about LSU's meet against Texas Women's that then featured Pitt at the last minute, that then at the last second featured Centenary. So Pitt jumped into this meet like a few weeks prior to it. Like I think it was two, three weeks prior to the meet they got added in. And then Centenary jumped in while we were on the flight. That's a thing that happened Um, and I can confirm that they were in because of the flight because they responded to a tweet I sent saying, yeah, it happened on the flight, which very interesting way of learning about things. Um, you might've heard about that in the last episode. I don't remember if I mentioned it. That was a week ago and weeks are weird. Um, And speaking of weeks being weird, let's talk about that meet that happened. So, first of all, uh, I spent $10 to watch that meet. Yeah, that's right. I spent a whole $10.60 to pay for 24 hours of access to the Lone Star Conference digital network to watch one meet where I could see LSU in the corner of the screen with commentators who did not know the gymnast names. Okay. So, uh... Yeah, they couldn't pronounce Kaya's name correctly. Kia Johnson. I don't know how you mispronounced that, and I'm not going to say it was necessarily your fault, because you... Like, I don't know how that was set up. I don't know if these people had ever done a gymnastics meet before. What I do know is that they should have been given some training. Tell them how to pronounce people's names. Seriously. Like, I didn't even think her name was difficult to pronounce. I mean, it's not like I've been pronouncing anybody's name wrong. Nope. Especially not Elena Arenas. Haven't been pronouncing her name wrong at all. Despite it being one of the easier ones. You know, sometimes you're me and you spend an hour trying to learn how to pronounce certain person's last name correctly, somehow screwing it up in the process. I didn't know Russian had silent A's, but apparently it does. Yay. And then you can't pronounce an English-ish name. Like. You know what? Sometimes the hardest things are the easiest things. That's what happens when you overthink. So, I'm overthinking this intro. Let's get into everything. So, first of all, let me explain. We were in the same rotation order that we had when we were at Missouri. So, that means we were in the order of bars, beam, floor, vault. Not a bad order, in my opinion. I think it's a pretty good one. Uh, you know, end on your strongest thing. So, yeah, uh, we swept the meat. I'm not gonna go over everyone else's scores, because frankly, there were three other teams, and they weren't as good as us. You know how I know that? They didn't score as well as we did. Pretty sure that should tell you that they are not as good as us, because they didn't do as well. I mean, if you want to do well, just get good. I don't see how difficult this can be obviously it must be easy i I'm, I'm kidding i'm kidding of course um no so yeah we scored a 197625 on the road not half bad especially when you consider we had a couple of missing pieces i'm not going to say injuries because they weren't injuries they were missing pieces so kai rivers is actually an injury she has a shoulder injury and i say has not had because we'll get into the actual specifics in a moment um yeah what to say, what to say. Uh, who else was out? Oh, yes. That's right. Um, Bridget Dean was out. She was not out due to any injury. Apparently, uh, some sort of personal matter came up. And so, hopefully, she's doing okay. But, yeah, she did not make the trip, it seems, uh, because of that. So, she was not available on beam. And, uh yeah that kind of showed considering our beam score was pretty pretty bad considering like what we would expected maybe with no one falling like against uh against Missouri at Missouri like yeah we had like a couple of wobble we had some wobbles and a fall but here we we had like a wobble or two no nobody fell we got a 49.225 on that. Uh, But let's talk about each thing. Uh, So, on bars, 49.425. We dropped a 9.7 flat. We had an Olympic average of 9.875. We had a high of a 9.925. And, yeah. So, you know, talking about bars, also known as the thing I know the least about. So, you're going to have to deal with that. Um, And the fact that, again, this was in a quarter of the screen. Hard to see it. A static camera, not multiple camera shots. No, we did not get that luxury. This is a small school. The arena doesn't even seat 3,000 people. Yeah, so Kaya Johnson, she started quite well. 9-8 to start. You want to start at least in a 9-8, in my opinion, on each rotation because sets a good tone for the rest of it. Then Elena, uh, she got originally a... Different, there was a huge gap in her score. So one judge had a 9-9, one judge had a 975. That averages out to a 9825. Then the judges had a little bit of a conversation and they said, This is stupid, we need to figure out what this is. And so they did that, and then that 975 became a 985. And then it became a 9875. I don't know what happened during that conversation because I didn't see it and I certainly couldn't hear it because they certainly wouldn't mic up the judges. Also, personal opinion that everyone seems to agree with, there should never be any sort of scoring disparity between two judges in a meet with like these kinds of teams of more than 0.1. I know that the, the difference allowed for higher scores, it's 9.6 and above, is 0.2, but I think when you're getting to the caliber of teams that you're looking at with LSUs and Alabamas, I mean, the entire SEC, the entire, basically the entire Pac-12, I would say, uh, the Big Ten, stuff like that, I don't think it needs to be that kind of a disparity. I think it should just be 0.1. There's really not that much difference there. If you're having that much of a thing, you were looking at two different routines. That, that's just not how this works. They're not taking off as many deductions. So, that needs to be fixed if you can't hear me. And I don't know if you can, because sometimes this gets a little bit wonky. Yeah. Um, what else? So. Uh, Livy, <sighs> I don't want to say this, but I'm gonna say this. Something's gotta give. Something's got to give. Okay? Her... Her bars have... They're not markedly worse if you look at the numbers. I don't know if they're worse because I'm not an actual, like, I've not watched this for long enough to understand what looks worse and looks better. But the numbers show that there is a slight dip. The dip is only 0.1. It's a 0.1 difference in the average for, um, or I'm sorry, not 0.1, 0.01. So I've, I was like, okay, she's not doing that well. She was a specialist last year. What's going on? So I looked at her scores up to this point in the season last year. And her average is a tad bit lower. She's averaging a 9.829 right now. She averaged a 9.839 last year. That difference of .01 is not very statistically noteworthy. Um, Blake, I don't know. There's just something about it that isn't exactly... Great, And I i mean, there, here are some things that are noteworthy. So she got a 9-7 at Texas Women's. That's her first 9-7 of the year. She did have, by this point in the season last year, she had two sub-9-8 scores. She's only had one this year. So that's pretty good. Her scores were a little bit weird. So last year, it was a 9-8-7-5, 9-9, then a 9-7, then a 9 8 I'm sorry, then a 9925, a 985, a 985, and a 9775. Right now, it's 9925, 9825, 9825, 9998 9825, 97. So it's not the worst, but also, like, I don't know. Just needs to get some more work done. Uh, the dismount's a bit wonky. I don't know what's going on with it, but there's something that's got to give. I will also say that last year, after the nine seven seven five, she got another nine seven seven five, and then she did much better afterward. Like it went better. So there's reason to believe she will improve. But I don't know. That just needs to get some more work. When you're a bar specialist, you need to do bout as well. And I believe that she can, because she's shown it. Oh my god, she has evidence of it. Not that hard. Um, I just realized something that's kind of obvious. Why wasn't Aaliyah Finnegan on bars? That's just a genuine question. Why wasn't Aaliyah on bars? You put Elena and not Aaliyah. I'm assuming it's because Elena is looking much better. But still. That's a reasonable question. Haley, um, yeah, she got a 9925, it looked really good. What am I gonna do, be shocked by that? I really just can't be, she's too good at this. Again, like I, I just can't get around the fact that she made her dismount harder and it made it easier. No, I'm gonna do the reverse of what is logical. I'm going to take the thing that's harder and make that into me killing it easily. Because all logic dies in my presence. Ha 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 ha. That's how it feels. Um, yeah. Uh, Alona. It is so nice that she is back. I don't know if she's 100%. In fact, she's almost certainly not 100% if she's only gonna do bars, but... Um, it's still nice to see her back in good form. She had a 9-9. Her dismount was perfect. Well, I mean, I don't know if it was perfect, but it was... It was really good. Like... I don't care if anyone wants to complain about it, it's splat. It was perfect. It, it was like, I can't really describe it, because it's like, okay, it's spinning through the air. It's like if, I mean, it to me, kind of, I thought of it like a hammer throw. That's actually not a terrible way of thinking about it, where it's just like, okay, it's going to spin and spin and spin. But on one end, there's clearly more weight to it, more torque. There's a torque point. I hope I'm getting this right. It's been a while since I've taken physics. Um, And then it just hit the ground perfectly. It was really good. Sammy, it's a good 9925. I'm not really shocked at this point. She's going to get these good scores. She just needs to get that dismount perfect. Because it's kind of crazy, the amount of stuff that goes into it. Now then... Let's get into the exhibition, because we had two exhibitions at this meet. We were allowed to have them because we weren't on TV. I don't know why that's a rule. (laughs) It's like, you're allowed to have exhibitions if you are not on television. Really? Shouldn't we be allowed to have exhibitions? Like, you know, with TV things going because they go to commercial? Why can't we have commercial breaks? And then they extend because of exhibition. I don't know weird things but yeah so there was a certain someone that was warming up and then exhibitioned on bars and <laughs> and then i got into a twitter feud. this will be fun to talk about okay so i wrote 2500 words on this on monday i'm not kidding you i wrote a 2500 word thingy just basically so i could get all the heat off my chest that up uh, all the anger and the stuff just so that i could feel better because uh, i was annoyed about stuff um, And it was anger at her, at all. Literally not. Because if you saw my Twitter, you would know that I didn't do that. No, I instead got annoyed at other people. I put a target on my back for a reason. Because when I saw that... Because a lot of, you know, targeted, you know, stuff, tweets, things like, Oh my god, it can't be... Because Alexis Jeffrey, deci- uh, they decided to exhibition her on bars. They decided to exhibition her on bars. And like... Yeah. That happened. Let me just talk about that first from an actual gymnastics standpoint, considering that's what's more important here. Uh, holy cow, that dismount looks awesome. Like, that looked really cool. I don't care it Hop. That looked awesome. I was actually really surprised. Um, not initially, because I couldn't even recognize it was her. Because, like, the quality was not exactly great, and I was half paying attention during bars. That's why I had to rewatch it. <laughs> but no, it was really nice. Like even rewatching it before recording like I was blown away it looked awesome. Like wow, if that doesn't hop as much, that can be controlled. We had a really good routine right there. I'm I'm genuinely impressed. It's almost as if the four-star recruit looks good at her sport. Wow, what a shock. But of course, everyone didn't nobody cared about that. They cared about the fact that she was even there. Or at least that not that she was there that she was doing that. And I put a tweet out that didn't do a sufficient job of explaining itself, that said, Come at me for this. Um, No, it was, Please come at me for this. Uh, It's nice to see that she's doing this. Now, first of all, I should have put in there more context... It was nice for two reasons. Number one, she's physically healthy enough to do it. It's a good thing that that's happening because you don't want her to be in bad physical health. You don't wish for people to be in bad physical health. That's just not a nice thing in general. it's good to see that she's in good enough physical health to do that. She looks fine. She better be in good physical health. She ain't done anything. Like, she ain't competed. Like, she better be in good physical health. But number two, that basically she'd earned the trust of the team. She'd earned the trust of the coaches, of her teammates. People felt okay with her doing that. They were okay with her doing that. If they felt like that was going to be a bad situation, if that was going to cause any sort of tension, they wouldn't have let her do it. They wouldn't have let her even travel. She wouldn't be on this team if there were problems. Because they would fix those problems, and you know what I mean by fix them. Again, if anything happens, she's gone. She's on a one-strike policy here. Because at the point... It's like, we're doing as much as we can, but we also know it's like... Yeah, we're not gonna... We don't tolerate that crap. That that doesn't happen around here. But I put that out there because at this point, I'm tired of it. And I'm tired of seeing people harass her. Um, and like... You can call her out for what she did, and calling her a racist isn't harassing her at all, necessarily. I mean, that's, from what happened, that was a fact. What she did was racist. Now, is she a racist? I mean, from her actions, yes. You could say that. I won't even disagree with you. In fact, I'll never... It was like, this is a fact. I'm not going to attack anyone or, like, say she isn't because I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not going to dispute anyone on something where the facts of the matter are there where it more so defends that than doesn't but when there are facts out there that more so defend a point than don't I'm going to come after someone when they're saying the opposite or when they're saying things that just aren't going to happen for example people who ask for an apology you're probably not going to get one from her she's probably not going to publicly apologize she may have privately done so we don't know that that's why the word private was in there but a public apology may never happen because at this point i think it's too late i think it's too late for her to publicly apologize that's not me saying she shouldn't she most certainly should apologize but even then a public apology isn't going to do anything her actions are going to speak louder than her words and that's what's going to have to happen all right and i got into arguments on there on twitter they were pointless With people who were not willing to change and listen and have an open mind. So I'll give you my perspective first. There was a night on which I violently hated her. Because of all the crap that had been happening. And I had taken it all too personally. And I'm willing to admit this because I don't care. And because I feel like I'm like... Because it was a mistake that I learned from. And I'm okay with admitting it. I violently hated her just very much so did not wish that she was around on this planet, or at least here, and then I hated her for doing that, but then I actually thought about it and got help from talking to other people and let the situation progress, and then then I stopped, and what really helped was honestly going to the Auburn meet and being in the same room as her, not even Not even interacting with her because it reminded me that she's still a human being. She's still a human being. And I have to remember that and if I don't remember that, I'm not going to get anywhere and no one else is. She made a bad decision. She didn't make a mistake. Let's be clear about that. She did not make a mistake whatsoever. Mistake is the first time. No, by this point... By the point, it was, like, multiple other times, it was a bad decision. It was an ill-informed decision, to say the least. But the whole situation surrounding it did not help matters. It's not like her coaches were telling her to stop doing it. They weren't. They were reinforcing that it was okay. Because they'd never disciplined her. So how the hell was she supposed to learn? in an environment that was not conducive to her learning when it came to the coaches. The other athletes were okay with doing it. They were fine with it. They led the charge at UCLA. The coaches failed her, and they failed their athletes. By the way, mental health resources should always be available for all athletes at all times. I don't care who you are. That just is a basic human necessity, and the fact that they did not do that at all in the past, for I don't remember which one of them, it was either Sakai or Margzetta, the one on the uh, Small Doses podcast, Um, they didn't do that in the past, Uh, is just inexcusable when they decided to provide them for Jeffrey, uh, because it was hypocritical of like saying at one point, no, we don't care about mental health, and now we do. That was hypocritical. And that all happened at UCLA. Hi, I'm at LSU. I can't do anything about what happens at UCLA. I can, do what ha- I can do something about what happens here at LSU. As a student, I at least have some say. Alright? I have some say. So I'm going to do that. That's why when I heard like, oh, you never defended the UCLA victims. It's like, first of all, I've already done that uh, multiple times. And if you need evidence of that, go through some of the, the episodes where I talked about the situation. Where I was very much like defending them. I've already done that in the past. Um, and I will continue to do so. And by mentioning the failures of the UCLA administration, that's how I do it. Because simplest freaking thing here, by the way, is that if they'd have actually treated her the right way and they'd have given her the right resources, they would have actually helped the victims. And I think that's the simplest way about it, in my opinion. If they would have the first time this was brought to their attention, and I know this is a tangent, but it's an important one. If they would have the first time this was brought to their attention, they'd have gone to her they would have, at the very least, issued her some sort of warning. If not, removed her. Because if it was multiple times, they should have removed her for a little bit and started to help her out. Started to give her education, but not let her in the gym because that is, that's the way you do it. It's a punishment. Yes. But if she doesn't learn from it, your punishment is worthless. So you need to replace it with education. And, alongside that, provide resources for those affected. Those two things happen at the same time, and you actually show a commitment to your athletes of color. And you show commitment to the statement, Black Lives Matter. You... Because you, you clearly didn't care about that. You clearly didn't. Nah. You only cared about in that situation Chris Waller and the entire UCLA coaching staff that failed here and Martin Jarman for not doing anything to step in uh you only cared about the life of her and not the other athletes shame on you and shame on anyone who thinks that's okay as for when she's here and for what I'm gonna do I'm gonna continue to uphold the fact that she's a part of this team I'm gonna come after people who feel the need to harass and um say things about her for absolutely no reason. Uh, I will literally call out the one time someone said that the Chiefs lost because of her. First of all, no, that was Joe Burrow Magic that caused them to lose. The Chiefs also Not being able to do anything to stop the Bengals' defense from shutting them down in the second half was a really big problem, and Patrick Mahomes having a worse passer rating than if you did nothing but spike the ball into the ground on every single play in the second half really hurt the Chiefs' chances of winning. Don't blame a certain person for that. Also, that's just harassment, and that's too far. You don't need to do that. You don't need to continue to mention every single time that she's there that, oh my god, oh my god, she is still on that team. She won't stay on that team unless she screws up. She hasn't. Also, to the person who said, we need to know what she's doing, no, you don't, and if you want to know that, try filing a public records request. We're a public university, and you can do that. Anyone can do that. You don't need to be a journalist. You don't need to be a professional. They may never respond to you, and that may not be information you are legally allowed to have, but you can file a request for it. You don't have to go through anyone else, and more importantly, they, don't, they shouldn't have to give that to you if they're not legally required to, because that ain't none of your business. So to finish off that whole thing, they put her exhibition behind a $10 paywall that night. And also, y'all who said that it was antithetical to Black History Month, please watch our video on Black History Month and actually watch what we were saying, because if you can't tell there's some sort of a... Can't tell. There's a little bit of a. The. Basically. If you can't tell. That there's a little bit of a thing. uh, An underlying message in there. That may relate to this situation. Even if that's unintentional. It's there. Anyway. We're done with that. Let's move along to the next thingy. And the next thingy is of course. Beam. Uh. So. How did Beam go? And I'm not going to talk about much of it. Because I really didn't. Again. I don't know how to uh explain it. Beam, you know, started off pretty well. Uh, Again, not having Kai and Bridget, that meant we had to throw in two people for Beam, and with Kai being out due to injury, we were going to have to throw on one person. That felt like it was Sammy. She was there because of injury. Elena was there because Bridget wasn't. That's honestly what I felt like, and it's not her strong suit, but she went out there. She Tried her best. Her best was actually not as bad as you might think it would be. For someone who just, you know, isn't... Like, who could have probably exhibitioned there more than actually competed. But, yeah. Uh, Haley, her beam routine was good. Oh, wow. Did you tell me she's good at the thing? Yeah, what a shock. Um, Aaliyah, a career high. I'm just quoting the, the uh, Twitter page. Yeah, a 9.925... She looked amazing, and I will say that. And I'll get to when she's on floor. Uh, no, I won't. I'll say it right now. Um, last week uh, against Missouri at Missouri, um, she had two falls. Two out of three of her routines ended in falls and ended in nine one seven fives, and uh, that didn't phase her at all. She she did a great job, and that that kind of ability to bounce back is so awesome to see, and it's just that. Kind of looking, you you know that you've got something there when you can just take that and bounce back like it's nothing and just be like, no, I'm going to just casually get a career high. That's just who I am. And yeah, it's awesome, and that's why that's why it's it's awesome. <laughs> um, Kaya a nine eight two five. One thing I did notice from it, this was the biggest one. She had a pretty massive. Bal- it wasn't extremely massive. Extremely massive means, like, three flails. It was a one flail balance check. I don't have normal way of understand thing. Please understand. I'm very casual fan. Um, yeah. But other than that, she did pretty well. There was also an exhibition there. KJ did her exhibition. It was apparently a 9-7. I couldn't find Alexis Jeffries, um, score for that because nobody wanted to ask about it. Funny how that works. Um... Yeah, it was really nice to see that, um, It pro- but it won't be part of the normal rotation for postseason. Jay mentioned that in his press conference today. Uh, Wednesday. Should No, this is coming out on Wednesday. Yes, that's right. I didn't decide to record this stupidly late and then upload it the next day. Apologies for that last time, by the way. Floor. Floor was interesting, mainly because, again, camera angles. Uh, the original rotation, 4-5-6, was Aaliyah Haley-Kaya. Haley got pulled, apparently, her some sort of groin flare up that didn't matter in the uh, grand scheme of things because she was in on vault. So, woohoo! At least we didn't have to worry about that. So, the final floor lineup was uh, Christina, Livy, uh, KJ, Sarah, Aliyah, Kaya. So, that's how it went. Uh, they shifted, they basically moved up KJ and put Sarah in. So, that explains several things to me. Um, explains nothing to me. Actually, it does. It means that Aaliyah is, I don't know, something stupid about scoring lineups. I don't get this. I'm going to stop pretending I know anything about it. Uh, Christina, she had a 9 5 I mean, her last pass was, uh, yeah, but that, I don't know what happened there. It'll—it. It, you know what? I'm not going to say, like, oh, my God, we're screwed. Nah, what do you know? You made a mistake. Oh no! I'm gonna lose my mind! Mu- did you see what Aaliyah did already? She took that mistake and then turned it into a career-high unbeam. Yeah, like it matters. It don't matter. It matters how you bounce back. And guess what? Bouncing back against Kentucky at home? Oh, I don't think we're gonna have a problem. Because uh, let me think, it's a home meet and that's where people do their best. Let's pretend I knocked on wood there. Um, yeah. So funny thing happened with KJ's uh, floor routine. They misinput her score on stat broadcast. I found this funny because this didn't happen for anyone else that I noticed. She had a nine eight seven five, but they put it as a nine eight two five on the broad- on the uh, thingy, and I had to ask everyone what was going on. It was a nine eight seven five in the uh, arena, which okay. Cool. Also, her final pass was a bit weird. So, when she landed on her third pass, uh, her final pass, she did a little bit of a pause and then went into the final part of it. And that was weird. So, I couldn't figure this out for the life of me until I decided to re-watch a bunch of stuff to figure it out and I realized, oh, wait, she didn't have their mat. There's a mat that she usually uses on her third pass. She didn't have it against, uh, What was it? Mizzou. And, uh, I couldn't figure out why this would happen until it literally just got explained to me that, well, maybe they didn't have enough mats. Okay, that works out, so it's not actually a stylistic choice. Cool. So I've wasted my time trying to understand that. Awesome. Yay. Let me think. Floor wasn't really that much. Oh, I forgot to mention something. I forgot to mention my the uh, scores. So let me do that real quick. Uh, on beam, we had a 49.225. We dropped a 9.775. Our Olympic average was a 9.825. Our high was a 9.925. On floor, we had a 49.475. We dropped that 9.35. We had a high of a 9.95. Our Olympic average was a 9.88125. And finally, we're going to get to vault. That was a 49.5. We dropped a 9.8. Our Olympic average was a 9.8875. We had a high of a 9.95. That was actually a tide high, and we'll talk about that one. Man, there's a joke to be made about the tied still high, but I'm holding on. Ah, never. Wow, we're not going that far. Instead, we're going to go with the vault lineup, starting with Sammy's 9.8. I don't know what to say. Honestly, I don't. I, I am not, I'm not well-informed I'm not enough to say anything about this. All I know is that we need more of a punch at the start. It feels that part. Like, that's an area where I actually feel like we're missing Kai the most. Despite the fact that Beam was the one that Jay was talking about. No, Kai's 9-9 against uh, Alabama was possibly one of the most important things we've done this year if not the most important thing that has happened this year. No, I'm gonna argue it was the most important thing that's been done this year, and it was the best if you want to talk about impact, that was the most impactful vault we've had. Because it set the tone for the rest of the meet, we don't get a one we don't get a 198 without it. I don't think we get a 198 if we don't start off with that 99. It was a damn good 99. So we need a tone setter at the start. We need that powerful punch to start everything. And, uh... Kai was that on that night. And I feel like she's got that ice water in her veins. That's kind of her thing. Like, I mean... Jay said it, and I think it works too well. If you're gonna call her anything, call her spark plug. She's from Detroit. The joke makes itself. She's... Sp- like, at this point, that's what I'm gonna call her. And she's getting that nickname forever. So, spark plug. Anyway... Um, yeah, then Sarah, her vault, 985, yes, it bounced again, so what, so did everyone's, I mean, so did her, Uh, not so did everyone's, so have every single one of hers, save for like a couple of them, it's just normal, and you kind of need to expect it, and it's, it's fine. Um, yeah, so there's that. So then Elena's vault was a 9875. She got a generous 9875 for a 995 start value with that hop. I genuinely am shocked that both of the judges I'm not I am shocked she didn't get a 985 because I've seen that vault and I've seen that get a 985 for stuff like that. That's a little bit loose. Kind of shocked that one judge gave that a 99, especially considering the judging at this meet was not as Loose as it would be at other meets. And that's an important thing that I've learned. Apparently, if you get better teams in your meets, the judges will be nicer to you because they see a higher uh, caliber of competition. Which, by the way, hearing those words makes me want to punch someone. So they see better, and they're going to score you better. That is not how this should work at all. And this is why I hate Leo Bias, and it needs to go die. It needs to die. Because that kind of crap just annoys me on a visceral level. No. No, 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 no. It should not be that way. Again, to me, it's like if you were playing... um, Well, honestly, yeah. It would be like if you were playing an FCS team in football and the referees just randomly called, uh, called the game differently than if you were playing against your biggest rival. Like... Let's say LSU versus Alabama should not be refereed st- staggeringly differently than LSU-Alabama-State, basically. Like, there shouldn't be that much difference. But apparently there is. This is dumb and stupid, but also makes logical sense to me because the human eye is dumb. Hi, I know things about the human eye. Did you know that the human eye does not recognize things on, an al- on a, um... The scale by which the human eye recognizes differences is logarithmic, which means that it needs to stratify. That means that with the human eye, you know, it's all distance and stuff, so that's why a lot of things that should make sense don't make sense in the world of the judging stuff. That's why the reason you have to build lineups... This is basically what I've noticed. The reason you build lineups to have it hit the hardest at the end is because the eye is going to change... It's definition of what it thinks is very good relative to what it's already seen. And that's going to be the standard by which it judges things. And that's not terrible. That's just the human eye. And we can't change that. Because it works. To get us the hell away from very dangerous animals. I don't know. Pretty good idea. We didn't die from saber-tooth because we had good eyesight. Hey... Think about that the next time you criticize the human eye. Speaking of criticizing the human eye. Hey, remember that time that the judges at Florida robbed KJ of her uh, 995 on vault? Remember that? I will never forgive them. I will never forgive them. I will literally never forgive them for that. Because that was perfect. Also, they robbed Trinity Thomas of a 10 on vault. And that is even more unforgivable. Because it's like, really? That That looked like a 10. How do you not give that a 10? You're the Florida judges. This is a home meet. How did you screw Florida? This isn't the right script. Let me check that. You get the point there. Side note, watch Robin Hood Men in Tights. It's such a funny movie. Um, but yeah. So, she finally got her 995. She finally got her 995 on vault. She got robbed against Florida. She's had some mm, ones. Her one against Mizzou was a little bit off. And this one? You could see it. Like okay, that was really good. This might get it, and I want to just pivot real quick into something that happened because things. Uh, there was rec- uh, she recently did an interview uh, that was ve- part of a story published in the Advocate, the Baton Rouge Advocate, uh, you know, the local paper. Uh, for a feature. It's a really good feature. I will link the story in the description. Y'all should read it. It's really fun. Uh, first of all, so she so she drives a sports car. It's a 2016 Chevrolet SS Camaro or Camaro SS. I looked it up on Kelly Blue Book. It's like a $26,000, $28,000 car. I looked it up on Kelly Blue Book mainly because I wanted to see if that was a reasonable car for someone to have. And yeah, it is. Of course it is. I, I wanted to see if it... Okay, fine. I just wanted to see how cool it looked. On there, and uh, yeah, it looks pretty cool down there. Uh, yeah, it's a really good article, really nice read. Um, thing that didn't happen to pop up in it is the fact that like she's talking about like oh my god, she's always deadlifting and stuff, and it's like how much. You're not asking the obvious question of how much does the uh, does she deadlift. What's her PB? I'm sorry, but that's the fright That's the correct question you ask. By the way, read Darcy. So he is a student here, and he is a damn good writer. I've read some of his other stuff. The dude is amazing. Why should you support local journalists? Because people like him exist. Because people like him exist. You need to read this thing to... to you can visualize so much of it. It is absolutely godly how well it's written. I... I don't exaggerate when I say, I love the way this is written. I'm realizing that I'm also going on way too long because I have a whole uh, little ramble to go on at the end of this. But yeah, basically, just read it. I'm not even going to give you a preview. You just need to read it. But here's what I want to say from that. Um, If she ever listens to this, and she never will, um, you don't know what we... For everyone else, there's clearly something here where we're looking at a superstar we didn't know we had. With this freshman class, she was maybe the person that had the least amount of hype going in. Coming out, she might be the one that had that everyone was like, wait, where the heck was the hype for, for her? She was amazing. I've been saying this since December, but when I looked up her scores, they're incredible. The reason that the hype kind of died might have been due to the fact that she had to have surgery and insert 12 inch, that's one foot, titanium rods into her legs. I've called this girl metal, I didn't mean it literally. Um, 12 inch titanium rods, which probably don't feel that good. That's why there's a compression sleeve. Just reiterating. That's a lot of titanium. At what point does that qualify you for cyborg status? Cyborg requires there to be technology besides just metal. Just thought of that. Never mind. Um, yeah. But all of this is to say this. In that article, you hear how shy and reserved she is. I can confirm that's true. Uh, Just based on, you know, the everything, based on the tweet from Studley... Uh, on Twitter talking about how she was very reluctant to have, like, any pictures taken and all that. That's going to change. That's going to change. Because over time, you figure out how good you are. Over time, you recognize, no, this isn't just because I'm lucky. No, it's because I'm very good at this. And eventually, you get better. She's got a double-twisting Yurchenko in her uh, back pocket. That's a 10 vault. That is a 10-0. Her floor is very good, and its it's ceiling legitimately it could 10. And if placed deeper in the lineup, which it probably will as her career goes on, it could. She's decent on beam, and she's working on that, and that could be in the lineup next year. And I don't even know what the hell she does on bars. Like, I have a lot of confidence for reasons outside of I've talked to her a couple of times. You see the focus in her eyes every single time she steps on the runway. Now, granted, and this is a fact, she can't vault without with any chalk on the runway. But that's only because she needs the focus and because superstition. And frankly, that's what she needs in the rest of her. Uh, like, honest to God, she needs to clear the chalk from the runway of the rest of what she's thinking. Because at the end of it is limitless potential. It's... Absolutely incredible to watch right now. She's number 19 in the nation in vault. She's 19th in the nation. She is not hit. Like, every single time she goes to vault, I'm like, Oh, God, this could be it. And it feels like it could be. And against Texas women, it was. That was it. Like, if Haley doesn't 10 on her vault, which she got a 995, by the way, um then I think that she... That uh, honestly, KJ could 10... Uh, sorry, 995 at SEC's and win SEC vault title like Elena did last year. Who got a 995 out of 995 on her vault and won the SEC championship. She could do it. It's a hell of a lot of confidence and you can see it there. It's that the confidence right now is fake. Right now, it's just a personality and a persona. It's a work. Eventually... It's going to be just who she is. She's going to recognize it off the floor. Where it's like, no, I'm actually really good at this. No, I'm actually... No, I'm actually one of the best. No, I'm going to destroy you. And then it's, it's over. It's just over for everyone. And that's it. Like, if I ever, ever get to see, like, her, it's the first thing I would say is that you don't know what your full potential is, but I can not... Like, you don't know what your full potential is, and I can't see it yet. That's how good it is. You're going... this just legend status. It's just legendary. That's what I see. I see someone who could be unforgettable for the rest of time and the person who will basically be like the we had no idea how good we had it. We had no idea what we had coming in and look what we got now. Look who we got. And that's kind of awesome. I mean I know this is kind of like a long-winded thing but I really don't care when you see someone and you believe in someone and you're looking at where their journey is starting. You feel the need to just say like, yeah, this is going to be, everyone's going to fall helplessly, helplessly in love with the way she does her everything. Like, she does a, like, she's absolutely incredible with everything and I literally showed off to everyone as like, hi, this is the coolest thing ever. You should watch for this. Y'all, that's what made me want to do this even more than I already did. So, yeah. That's why I will go on and on and on about this. Alright. Speaking of things I'll go on and on and on about, uh, the NCAA tournament format. I'm going to just go on a quick ramble about this, because Jay brought it up in his press conference today, and then I looked it up, and now I want to punch someone for this format. So, Jay says that the current NCAA tournament does not award teams for success. I agree with him, because the current NCAA tournament format does not award teams for success, necessarily. Number one. Um, so, it's weird. The thing is, so the top seed getting X, Y, and Z. I, I get that. I, I get, like, certain seeds getting certain places, and, like, if you're gonna host, then you're gonna go to a certain location. So, my main problem result um is from the actual tournament format itself, and what happens when you get to regionals and the everything else. And that is um, the draw. So basically this. Before the regionals, the NCAA holds a random draw of who's going to go on what during the regional semis, the regional finals, and then the semifinals, the national semifinals. It's a random draw. And if you get lucky, You could win things. LSU got lucky last year, and they would not have made the national semifinals if they did not get drawn into starting on floor and ending on beam when beam judges were losing their minds and giving out scores that we definitely didn't deserve. I didn't watch this, but I have a good source of people who were there. Yeah, anyway. So, that's dumb and stupid in my opinion. Why isn't the top seed in each region given some sort of advantage? They just have to luck into stuff. Here is my convoluted format idea. This is an idea that I believe in. And if you don't like it, that is fine. We can have a very reasonable discussion. First of all, I am going to keep the 36-team format. You are lucky I'm not shortening it to 32-teams and getting rid of the stupid play-ins. I don't like the play-ins. I feel like those are kind of dumb. Number two. I don't like the idea that the top four seeds don't host. However, I am completely fine with the idea that the top four seeds don't host because they want to make it regional so that they cut down on travel costs. That being said, y'all need to think about these things next time. Yeah, anyway. So, here's what happens. There is no randomized format. Instead, when you go to each regional semifinal, Whoever is the top seed in each day gets to choose where they start. So, I'm going to say things in order of 1 2 3 4. 1 2 3 4 is the Olympic order of vault, bars, beam, floor. Please understand and was like so please understand whenever I say the numbers, that 1 corresponds to vault, 2 corresponds to bars, 3 is beam, 4 is floor. Are we on the same page? I really hope we are. So, The top seed in the region, or I'm sorry, the top seed on each day, they get to choose first where they start. They get to choose anything. And then what would happen is the last thing... So basically, let's say a team chooses to start at 2. So they would start on bars. They would end on vault. If they start on 3, they end on 2. So on and so forth. The number one seed in each day gets to choose where they start. It is not randomly selected beforehand. They get the advantage of choosing what they think is best. Then the two seed in that day gets to choose from the remaining three options. The third seed in that day gets to choose from the last two options, and the fourth seed doesn't get any choice at all. Sorry, you're screwed into that. This happens for each regional semifinal. Then, for the two teams that advance from that, we go into that same idea, but reverse it. What do I mean by that? Or, first of all, why do I do this? Second of all, what do I mean by that? So I'm reversing it because I believe in the idea that you don't get to keep your home advantage. You don't get to get it the whole time. The super regional format for the NCAA baseball tournament has it so that the home team bats first in the second game of the series no matter what. The home team will bat first in a game in the uh, NCAA baseball tournament. They have to. If they win. The number one... Let me rephrase that. The number one seed... Not necessarily the home team, but usually that's the host. Understand me? So yeah, they don't get the full advantage, but they get the majority of the advantage. But in the regional finals, they get somewhat of an advantage, but not the full extent of it. Um. So, in the regional final, they don't get to choose first. They get to choose first. Ooh, actually, I and this is where things get really interesting... Because it's a bit weird... Because what it would be is then... Top... Because it's the top two scores from each semifinal move on... But then what I would do is almost rank them in the scores... I'd find a way to rank each team... And then do it in reverse order... Where the best team gets to choose last... And by that I mean doesn't choose at all... So you do lose that advantage... But you get it for the first day. Then we go to the Elite Eight slash uh, National Semifinals. The choice comes in again. Highest seed chooses first, yada, yada, yada. We do that for the National Semis. For the finals, we do the random draw. No, maybe we do the random draw. We'll see. That's where I think things can get interesting and I'm more okay with it there. I think the the national finals, we can do a random draw. I think that's fine. But I like the idea of giving the best teams some sort of, you know, bonus for being the best teams. It should not be random. It should not be the luck of the draw. You're saying you need to be good in the, in the tournament, yada, yada, yada. You know we could just give the trophy to the best team, right? We could just give the trophy to the best team with the best NQS and not even have to worry about this. This is an objective thing. We do not have to have a tournament. We got a tournament here, okay? So we need to give an advantage to the teams that did the best so that way the best teams can move on. That's logical. In the NCAA basketball tournament, the one-seeds don't play the twos. They don't play the threes. They don't play the fours, the fives, the sixes. You get all that. They play the 16s. They play the what is considered to be the worst teams in the tournament. And for two of those one-seeds, they get to play teams that are so bad, they don't even get to get into the tournament without playing another bad team first. Yes. That's an advantage. Alright. That's an advantage for being good. You should be rewarded for that. You should not just have to get lucky. No. It's controlled chaos. It's not entirely chaotic. The NCAA basketball tournament is controlled chaos, where the best teams are given the easiest, but not uh, are given what should be the easiest route to the finals. Now, here's my problem: they don't reseed. They should reseed, but that's not my point. Honestly, I would almost do that. Reseed in the Elite Eight. I am dead serious. I am dead serious. That's another thing I would do. Actually, yes. This is an idea for the format that needs to change immediately. The Elite Eight should not just be left and right brackets. No, when you get to the Elite Eight, you got eight teams. Those teams are then taken out, and then top two. I was like, so then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Or I'm sorry, I screwed that up. So the top two teams and the two worst teams are in the first group, and then the middle teams are in the second group. You may be asking why this is the case. Well, if the top two teams move on, then this gives you the opportunity to have the top four teams in the Final Four, as opposed to having an opportunity where you got this random team that's actually not in the top four in the Final Four. Because the point of a tournament is that you HOPE That the best team wins. You don't hope that the best team over a series of these things wins, even though that's what it ends up being. That's how it usually ends up. That's the point of a tournament. I mean, that's the inevitable result of a tournament, where it's not actually the best team, period. It's the best team over a stretch of time. And that's not what we're trying to do here. We want to have the best chance of the best team winning. That's why reseeding should exist. I think once we get to the Elite Eight, we should reseed. Because again, that gives um a lot of, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? It gives an advantage to teams that did well. But how are we going to reseed based on performance in the regionals? Okay, reasonable enough. Thank you. Yes. In fact, how about this? The regional winners, if you want to do this, even, this is another great way of doing it. The regional winners are put in one side of the bracket. Or I'm sorry, so the two regional winners from the left side of the bracket get put in. The two second place teams from the regional finals get put in the other side of the bracket and reverse. That way, LSU doesn't have to face a Utah situation like they did last year. I didn't like that. Nobody liked that. Let's move on from me complaining about this. Let's talk about this Kentucky meet. I just realized how long I've been going. I'm sorry for the abrupt transition, but ha. So, um, let's talk about this. So, Kentucky. They're good. They have Raina Worley. She's the best all-arounder in the entire nation. Wow, that's good. Um, We don't have Kai Rivers. She's not even... There's no timetable for her return. That's not good. Um, yeah. Are there going to be any other changes? If I knew, I would tell you. Um, Kentucky. So, at this point, I'm going to tell you the rankings. So, overall, LSU's NQS is a 197515. That's 5th in the nation compared to Kentucky's 10th overall ranking of a 196985. On vault, LSU was 2nd, Kentucky 8th. On bars, LSU is 4th, Kentucky 8th. On beam, LSU was 8th. Kentucky 22nd on floor. LSU is 10th. Kentucky 14th. LSU needs to put up a good score in this meet. Why is that, you might ask? Because, um... We still haven't dropped that meet against Centenary. Um, we haven't dropped that score yet at home. Oops. Because we need four home meets for that to be possible. We've only had three. Stupid Arkansas cancellation. Um... I'm not saying it was stupid for them to cancel. They had legitimate reasons. I'm saying it's stupid that we lost that because it's inconvenient to me. Um, yeah. What else am I going to say? This is going to be fun. I'm hoping we do very well. Very, very well. I hope that Bridget is back because personal issues suck. Hopefully she's doing well. You know, personal life and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah. What else? What else? What else do I really have to say? I spend a lot of time talking about things that don't matter. And going off on tangents. I guess this is what you'd like to call it. Normal episode of a show of mine. Man, if I don't go off on a random tangent, then you know that this wasn't a normal episode. (laughs) Yay. Um, that's... Let me think. Is there really anything else for me to talk about? Um, not really. I went on my little ramble. Um, I've went on my multiple little rambles. This team needs to get locked in now. And this is going to be the meat to do it. It's the regular season finale for the SEC. Um, we got to get a 1979 plus. That's just in That's just what we need right now. Because we need to start peaking. We need you to start peaking now. Where it's just like, okay... We're hitting, we're hitting, we're hitting. Boom, 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 boom. We need to be hitting consistently. Because it's postseason time, basically. And this is the time to make ourselves into the team that we want to be. Because we want to make the Final Four again. We want to potentially win a national title. We're probably not going to because Michigan exists, but you know. Um, Yeah. And so, with all of that, I think an hour-long podcast is a bit too long. But that's because I spent 20 minutes going off on a certain topic. Cool, isn't it? Why has she done this to me? Oh, that's my fault? Never mind. Yeah. So, that is going to do it for this episode. Apologies for the abrupt ending, but it is 5 o'clock over here and I need to edit this thing. Um, if you enjoyed this, why not share it with the people that you know? Uh, if you think they'll enjoy it. Um, If you want to find me on Twitter or Instagram, the links to those will be below, as will the link to that Advocate article that I really suggest you read. Um, Yeah. Uh, If there's anything else I can think of to say here, I'll say it, but I can't, so I will just say, hopefully I will see, uh, you'll see everything for this meet. It's going to be on SEC Network Plus. And until next time, I've been Ben Schluter. This has been the LSU Flying Tigers podcast. This outro has been very abrupt. But, you know, there's a baseball game in an hour and a half. So I want to get done with this before I go to that. So until next time, I'm Ben Schluter. Hope you have a fantastic week. Until next time, bye-bye.